Welcome to the Business Sphere. On this podcast, we want to share real stories and real struggles from entrepreneurs who have been where you are. John Fong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover their successes and challenges. We take a deep dive into their journey and provide you with tips and advice to help your business today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share this episode and subscribe. Joining me today is Julie Keys. She's the founder of Key Tragedies. They help business owners at all stages of ownership, but helping them exit their business is their specialty. Thanks for being on the show today, Julie. Thanks for having me, John. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more about yourself. So if you don't mind sharing with the audience members, how did you get started? Like, I know you are an expert at helping businesses exit, but how did you get into this world in the first Mm -hmm. place? Yeah. Well, uh, as it is for every uh, entrepreneur out there, it's a journey, right? One step at a time. And I think it probably started when I was a teenager. Um, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My parents were both business owners. Their parents were business owners on both sides. And so we just grew up owning businesses. And I knew I would have my own someday. I didn't know what it would be. But that was kind of in my blood, if you want to, you know, kind of a weird way to say it. But so after I went to school, I went to school for marketing um, and I started in the mortgage business as a straight commissioned loan officer. And I spent two short years with a title insurance company, um, kind of learning that side of the business and, and was in the sales department, which is where I wanted to be. And then from there, I got recruited, you know, to be in the mortgage business. So I did that in the 80s and 90s, and um, there weren't any female loan officers in my territory anywhere. So I was kind of a pioneer in a way, if you will. I did really well in that business and then got married, started having children and thought, you know, I should just join, you know, my husband with his title insurance practice because it was just a, you know, kind of fledgling and it wasn't really going anywhere. And he was also a lawyer. And so he was doing some law work and kind of dabbling in title. I'm like, we have to really build this thing. I think this would be a great way for us to make a living and I could still raise the kids. Well, uh, for whatever reason, I I forgot about what, you know, self-employment is like because, you know, I was raised with it. And so um, we launched our title insurance company in 1989 and then um, launched a mortgage brokerage operation and another title company. And we had three locations And over that period of time, I had four kids. And so um, business ownership isn't necessarily conducive to motherhood, but we made it work and um, uh, actually sold the businesses in 2008 and went through a life change. Our marriage ended, unfortunately. And um, so I had to figure out what was next. I was going through a transition. And, you know, we all go through transitions. I think it's important to recognize that when you're in a transition that you don't jump into the next new thing that you have to let there be a period of time that you wait before you go into something else, right? There has to be an ending and then a pause and then a start. I think that that's just the best way to go through transitions. So that's what I did. I just took a job, um, thought about what I wanted to do next, knew I was going to be a business owner, just didn't know what it was going to be and decided that I was going to look into becoming a consultant because I'd learned so much 
as an employer, as an owner, um, over all those years. And, and so I started asking my besties, what do you guys think of this? You know, I wanted to make sure that because of what I'd gone through, that I, that I was making a clear, you know, I was clear-headed and making a good decision. And I, I picked 10 people, my, a couple family members and the rest of them were friends. I said, I'm thinking about becoming a business coach. I've been approached by three different companies. So I feel like this is a calling. It's, it's, um, it's no longer coincidence that this is happening, right? And all 10 of them said, that is absolutely what you should do. So I did. And um, so first, um, had to buy a house, right? So I had to buy a house while I still had a J-O-B. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then so did that. And um, I think that was in 2012, nine years ago. So I, I bought the house, closed out it in July, quit my job in August, and launched my business. And my dad was a little afraid for me, but everybody else is like, you'll be fine. So then I started doing these seminars for business owners on transition planning and exit planning because I was acquiring clients that were of the age that they needed to really start thinking about it. And I knew that I didn't know enough about it. And I knew I didn't have the best transition myself. Um, One of the reasons I didn't is because I didn't have the right advisors. And I didn't know that at the time. I think that we can all get kind of lost in what we don't know that we don't know. And that's where we make lots of mistakes. So as an advisor, I take that very seriously and uh, walk with my clients through, you know, whatever it is that they're going through as we process, you know, strategy and grow the business, scale the business, improve the business, and then eventually transition out of the business. So, um, I started doing these seminars and I heard about the Exit Planning Institute from a colleague of mine who had just become certified. And I thought, hmm, I think that I need to do that. So I went and got certified through the Exit Planning Institute in 2015. And it has been um, an amazing ride since then. I'm now on the faculty for the Exit Planning Institute and I've um, written a book on on exit planning. I'm also on the faculty for Hoopus. Um, I do a lot of speaking a lot of teaching. I have some online courses that I'm producing right now for both the owners and advisors. So a lot of the teaching I do isn't just for business owners. I also teach advisors. There's a lot of advisors out there who don't necessarily know or understand the process of exit planning. And so um, we're all in it together to make sure that the owner has the best outcome possible. So that's, that's probably more than you wanted to know, but now you got the whole picture. No, that's amazing. I mean, I'm going to ask you, maybe some of these questions early stages right because um and now i'll probably pick some of them throughout your journey as well but early on you mentioned your family um had a lot of entrepreneurs in in the family so did you have siblings and also your parents um did they involve you much in their own business while you were growing up to see firsthand how it was to be an entrepreneur business owner yeah, I had two younger sisters who are both business owners themselves. Um, and yes, I did work with both my mom and my dad. Um, with my mom, when before she started her business, she was in the family business, which was a banking business, and they owned banks. And so, and she was raised in the banking business, and so were her siblings. So I worked in the family bank for just one summer as a drive-up window teller. And I was horrible at it. 
Um, you know, I just, at that point in my life, I didn't really understand debits and credits yet. And I didn't have, I didn't even have my own checking account. So I totally didn't belong there. But my grandfather felt that was a great way for me to learn. So, <laughs> so I did that. And then with my dad, my dad was, um, um, is actually, he still practices, believe it or not. He's a financial advisor and an insurance agent. And he has, he has had his own um, advisory services firm and, and insurance agency firm for as long as I can remember. And back in the day when it was just him, um, he decided that, it, that I would be a good candidate to help him in the office. Mm -hmm. And so dating myself, but uh, this was back in the day when, when we used typewriters, um, not, not necessarily computers. There, you know, some people had computers, but most people didn't. Offices still had typewriters, and I was a horrible typist. Um, but that's, that's where I ended up and uh, filing things and learning, you know, seeing what he did and learning his, his business and how he operated. I learned a ton from my mom and my dad. And then when my mom started her business, she was selling original art for a company in Chicago and she had numerous people that were under her. And so she was like a, a regional director or something like that. She won a lot of awards and she wanted me to sell art with her. And so I did that for a couple of years earned a couple trips, had some fun. But, you know, all of this stuff is like learning experiences and, and hearing, you know, when, when you're brought up in it, like your, your kids kind of listen to you talk about different things. It's different than having a job. And so I, I, I have to really think about how much I actually learned from my mom and dad just at the dinner table or, you know, working in the office with them or listening to them on the phone or whatever. Um, all were super valuable super valuable and, and i think that's something that you can't even you know now that you look back and you appreciate what actually transpired right mm -hmm. being brought up in an entrepreneurial family mm -hmm. the verbiage is different the mental state is different you know the hard work uh, perseverance of like working whenever you can all the time to ensure that the clients you know get served properly right adding value and taking care of them. All these little nuances probably plays in your D is a part of your DNA, right? As you mature and grow and you get off on your own. Now that, you know, now that you're doing this on your own and you've been doing it, um, how has it helped you um, inspire your children as well? Because, you know, your, your parents were entrepreneurs. Now you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to give them advice as they mature and get on their own as well. Like, because I, I'm a, a dad myself and I'm a small little guy. So for me, I would love to ask you, like, what have you done differently? Or is it very similar to your parents to just give them little bits and pieces so they can absorb and see what's going on in your life? Well, I don't think that no, most people grow up believing that they're going to be a business owner. Maybe some people do, but I think that most people kind of evolve into it because they realize that they can. Um, and I have never really pushed my kids to do anything other than finish school and to do the best work that they can. But what I've really instilled in them, and, and they're all doing what I tried to instill in them, was to play the music that was in them. You know, um, what is it that you love? What is it that you do best? What, where does your heart tell you to go and, and to do and to be, because that's what you were made to do and be.
and they're all doing that and they're doing really well with that um, because I kept saying it, right? Use your talents. You have them for a reason because that's where you're going to be happiest in life. You know, an example would be if, if I had a child who would have made a fantastic CPA, but I really pushed them to go into a sales and marketing school and they did and they hated it and they weren't good at it and they didn't like the people work and, you know, um, you're wired for certain things. And if they would have gone into a, a career path that they were more suited for, they would have been so much happier. But there are people out there who are in roles that they're not happy in. And there's a lot of stress in that. There's a lot of stress in doing something that you're not wired to do. I'm not saying that it's not work. You know, we all have work and work isn't always pleasant. But for the most part, we want to be able to get up in the morning and go, I get to do this. Exactly. It doesn't feel like work, right? When you wake up doing something you love. Yeah. And, um, so yeah. I wanted to ask you throughout this journey of yours, um, when did you know that business ownership was for you? Because you took on some of these jobs and roles and doing the mortgage and working. You know, I, I just wanted to ask you, like, was there something triggering you to then take action to want to try something on your own? Yeah, I think, I think that having a vision for the future and knowing that you have the potential, knowing that there's something more, that you could be doing more. You know, I was an employee for, um, well, while I was in college and high school, I worked at a nursing home. So I was an employee the whole time then, right? And then after that, then I got the job at the title company and I was an employee there. And neither time was I happy working for someone else. So I knew that I had it in me to be able to, because I'm a self-motivator, I create my own work. I don't need to have people putting work on my desk. And that's not everybody, and that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But if I know that about myself, then I should honor what I know about myself. And is it scary? Sure. But I think that you have to have... Um, you know, obviously calculated risk, you know, you have to be able to take a risk and believe that you're going to be able to see the next step. You're not going to see the whole picture. So I knew that about myself and, and because of the fact that I'm kind of an overachiever, I knew that I wouldn't be happy working for anybody else. So I just, I had, I had big dreams and um, I'm just a big picture thinker. So I think mm -hmm. that if, if that resonates with anyone who's listening then then it could be something that you'd want to explore a little bit more. Yeah, and I, I think it makes total sense because a lot of people who are in their 20s are discovering themselves on mm -hmm. what they actually want to do. And throughout this lifespan, when you're in your 20s and 30s, mm -hmm. a lot is going on. Everything is new to you from yeah. jobs, relationships, family potentially, right? And you're discovering on how to live on your own, self-sufficient, you know, self right? understanding like how to survive on your own so all these things and then starting this business is a huge venture on its own and if you're not prepared equipped with you know not just the vision but even the know-how the, the knowledge right um and what's your course value strengths what service product you're bringing to the table like understanding what's your expertise bringing it to the forefront and then building that foundation of 
equipping people, systems, you know, understanding so many dynamics of building a business. It's not for everyone, like you mentioned earlier as well, because it's so, a lot of people are jumping into business ownership or entrepreneurship, not knowing what the, the unknowns, right? Yes, yeah. they're watching videos, they see some social posts, they read books, but until you're in it, right? And you're in it for a couple of years, not like dabbling in a couple months, like you do some side hustles. It's not a real business. Right. Your business is when you start hiring people and you start servicing a larger group of clients, right? Like yeah. that's, that's what I feel when, when you're actually making more income than what you were making on a salary, right? Right. Um, and it's hard. At least you hope to be. <laughs> yeah, you, you hope to be. But that's a goal, right? And that's a vision. Yeah. That's why you jump into it because it's a huge subset of risk and ability to learn if you're a lifelong learner. Business ownership is evolving every single day, every minute. And you got to be hungry all the time because there's new competition, new landscape, new trends. There's so much going on. Yes. So, so what motivates you today to continue doing what you're doing? Because I truly believe that the work that I do makes um, an amazing impact on the lives of my clients. So it's a very edifying way to make a living. And, um, and it, it, it's, uh, so it's kind of like a social enterprise, if you will, in addition to being uh, uh, an enterprise that's growing like crazy um, because of my belief, I think, because of the value that I bring and because I am that person that my clients walk with you know I walk alongside them they're not alone and business ownership many times you feel like you're alone you know like you said lifelong learner um, that's me to a T I, I see all the books that you have on your shelves behind you and I see that uh, the titles that I can read are uh, very familiar to me I've read all of them um, and they're great and I so I love to read I love to listen to shows and you know videos and things like that um, there's so much to the work that I do too, that there's no way you can ever learn it all. Not possible to learn it all. Um, so it's, there's no arrival. Okay. And I think that that's, um, that's something I think that our, our world, especially younger people need to understand that life is a journey that you're not going to arrive. There's no arrival. And so to keep learning and keep growing and keep the more, I guess the older I've gotten, the more I realize how much I don't know, you know. And it's okay to acknowledge. Totally okay. You don't know. And yeah, you know, it makes life exciting it. because there's so much more then, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and I know that you've been doing this for so many years, right? Has there been people that resonate with you, like that really mentored you or coach you or people that stand yeah. out that you can think of and why did they why do they stand out in your life um so when i was still in the title business i was at a networking event and i think i sponsored you know part of the event and i met um, someone who was an attendee there and we ended up meeting with a bunch of other people during lunch sitting at the same table and we became friends after that. And I learned so much about networking. You know, I thought that I understood networking. And, and I kind of did. 
But boy, I learned so much more about networking that I never knew. And that, that single, you know, aspect, right, of developing a business has made my business. I am nothing without my network. You know, I have a saying that I say, um, you know, your network is your net worth. So if you have a super strong network, and I'm not talking about always expecting people to be giving, that's a give and take thing. This is a relationship business, right? Um, when, when I talk about my network, I'm, I got their back. And, and they, you know, these are people that have similar values and uh, beliefs that I have and, um, and work, you know, client philosophy that I have. Very important because if I'm going to refer my clients to them or my friends or my family to them, I want to make sure they get taken care of, right? And so um, networking, that, that guy, um, he's, he's dead now, unfortunately, um, but I, I learned a ton from him. And when I was having issues, you know, he was old, much older than me and having issues with, you know, different business things like that, um, I'd just call him. His name was Jake. And i just like, Jake, you got to help me through this. I don't exactly know what to do. And, you know, this was so long ago. And I'm sure that these kind of, you know, like round tables existed and, um, you know, different entrepreneurial groups and peer groups, things like that. I know they're very popular today, but I didn't know of any then and I didn't even know it existed, right? I didn't know exit planners existed. I didn't really give myself permission to hire a consultant to help me, you know? So I had people on the outside I could call on occasion, but I didn't want to bother them all the time. So it, it is kind of a... It's kind of a lonely place being a business owner. You really do have to have that outside help and, and that networking thing, even if it doesn't have to do with so much with business development, having a really good network as a business owner is essential because it's always good to have people you can bounce things off of. We and need there. Yeah, it's great that you're saying this because it doesn't matter if you're by yourself or you're, you know, everyone thinks they can do it themselves as an entrepreneur. But in reality, different perspectives from different walks of life, different industries, different age groups, because they're much more wise, right? Like I always look at, and I'm, I was very fortunate to work at Yellow Pages, actually, working mm -hmm. with thousands of business owners before I started this industry uh, agency. And just the perspective of people 10 years, 20, 30, 40 years in all walks of life in every industry gave me so much knowledge and insight and wisdom that I, every meeting was like a, a coaching session, right? And I was just trying to figure out why they were doing what they were doing and why they still loved it, right? And they were so passionate. And that's what triggered me to want to help serve them because they were my, my bread and butter kind of clients, right? That really rooted on values, right? It's like family first, relationship, and understanding like, making sure client comes first, taking care of them, you know, all that other stuff, right? Yeah, but for sure. Like understanding, and I was very fortunate to then start this agency with, and I didn't reach out to them at the beginning, but eventually I did. And I just said, look, this is what I'm doing, you know, and it's a lot easier when they see that you're actually taking action, doing something, serving the people that they, that meant the most for me as well. So. Awesome. It's, it's interesting. It's, to hear that and and also i wanted to ask you so now your your company is there a specific avatar persona that you target and who is your ideal type of client mm -hmm. um and 
what's the duration of the relationship? Like, what are you typically looking for in um, someone looking for your service offering? Yeah, good question. I have several different services. Um, they're kind of like buckets, revenue buckets, if you will. Revenue streams, you, know, you can call it different things. Um, my primary source of income right now is clients. Um, I'm working towards having that be something else because I can serve more people that way, but that's another conversation. So my clients uh, generally are business owners who are looking to transition from their business in five years to 10 years. Some, some of them are less than five and because of whatever reason, maybe they have a partner they have to buy out or there's an illness or they're just done and they just want to move on whatever the reason is, or they've got a family member that they want to bring in and groom. The, I, I'm industry agnostic, so I don't have any specialty in any in industry, but I'd have to say that the size of the business, somewhere around 25 to 100 employees, um, revenue size, 5 million to 50 million. So you could consider that probably to be the lower middle market when you're talking about company size. Obviously, they're all privately held. Um, closely held businesses, and many of them are family businesses. They're going to transition internally, and you need a longer runway for that. Um, there's a lot to transitioning a family business, and much of that doesn't happen, unfortunately, which is why the failure rate is so very high in family business transition. So I do a lot of that, and primarily the duration of time that people work with me is somewhere between two and five years. So if they're going to transition internally or externally, doesn't matter. There's a process that we need to put them through them as owners and their business, two different distinctions when it comes to transition planning. I don't, I don't always say exit planning because not everybody wants to exit, you know, mm. and that's okay. You don't have to, yeah. but, but you do need to transition out of being, the leader of the company at some point. Okay. Yeah. Everyone's going to exit their business. They're either going to exit on their own terms or someone else's terms. So if you want to exit on your own terms, then the time to, to start planning that is, is now, I mean, depending on how old you are, but you know, I mean, not everybody wants to buy and hold a business forever. Sometimes they want to transition out and go to the next one. You know, some entrepreneurs are lifelong and they want to die with their boots on nothing wrong with that either. But just having some continuity plans in place and making sure that if there is some kind of disaster that everyone knows what to do and what your wishes are and, and, and all that. That's another conversation too. But so no, consult, consulting is one. And I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's great to hear like, because a lot of people don't even realize this is something you should even think about, right? It's like having a will for your business and understanding like, how do you transition from maybe you are working 40, 50, 60 hours a day or a week, sorry, not a day. Uh, and then you want to eventually build a lifestyle business and just passively work or, you know, because a lot of people, their, their names on the brand, on the brand, right. And they, they built it. And so it's their baby, right. And they don't, it's hard to let go of anything. Um, but yeah. they have to realize also, like, you know, this is the next generation. Like, what do you want to continue doing that can, you know, do you still have the desire and passion to, to continue it? Or do you want to move on to do other things that mm -hmm. you now have the luxury to do with 
abundance of whatever it is that you're exiting with. Yep, it all depends on the needs and wants of the owner. And uh, you, you brought up um, an important term when you said lifestyle business. Um, the vast majority, you know, of small businesses out there are lifestyle businesses. And a lifestyle business is a business that's, that's basically dependent upon you, the owner, that if you went away, there would be no business or it wouldn't last for very long, right? Uh, there's plenty of small businesses with employees that are still lifestyle businesses because they're owner dependent. Yeah. And, and, and that doesn't have to be. So if you have a business that it is a lifestyle business, but you don't want it to be, then you need to turn it into an asset you can sell someday. And the first step is to make it less dependent upon you. And that's so true because I see a lot of my friends, professional services, and right. they are the business. Mm -hmm. But I can go away for three months and the business would still operate. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference, right? Like making sure that you can still live your life without mm -hmm. being actively involved. Um, but that's hard for a lot of people because yeah. – they've got themselves so deep into the relationship with clients and whatever it may be, but there is that transition period and people are aware of that. Like they have to understand where you're going with your business as well and what your future holds. So yeah. understanding all that. Um, I just have a couple other questions. I know your children are a little bit more, um, I, I, maybe they're in teenage years or a little bit older now. Um, how involved are you in terms of their career? Um, I know you want to equip them with making sure they're going in the same, the right direction, right? The yeah. path that their strengths are, their skill set. But how do you make sure that they learn by making their own mistakes? Well, I don't think it's a good idea to do anything for anybody if they're able to do it for themselves. You know, and that's kind of like the work that I do is I'm, I'm not like a project manager or a, like I'm not a project person. And that's that's a different thing, you know, than being an advisor. An advisor advises and a project person does work. And they basically go in and they do a job for the owner. Like you call an IT person, they come in and they do the work, right? Because the, the owner doesn't know how. Um, but if the owner does know how, whatever it is, and they just choose not to, then, you know, that's their choice. But, but I, I just, there's, I don't do the work for my own, my children and I don't do the work for my owners. Um, and my kids have figured out how to, how to, how to figure it out, like how to take care of themselves, how to make decisions. Um, I'm not doing them any favors by doing it for them. And they're all established. They all have really good jobs. They all live on their own. Um, one of them's married. I have two grandkids. Amazing. And yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, I'm really proud of all of them. That's amazing. So where do you see yourself in the next, I would say, five, 10 years? Like what are some of the biggest, bigger aspirations that you have? Mm -hmm. um, like aiming, because I know you're working on a book and you have some courses. So if you don't mind sharing some of that stuff. Sure. Well, uh, the, the book I wrote a year ago has, um, has kind of prompted me to think about the next one. Um, I am, I am producing some online courses and I, I need to be able to do that because I'm not able to help as many people when I'm just doing what I can do in a day. I'll always consult for a handful of business owners privately, individually, but I like to be able to do what I can to help 
the masses because there's so much need out there. So that's the purpose of the courses for helping advisors and helping owners. Um, both of them are in the throes of being produced right now and they'll be on a learning management system. Um, they'll be, the owner one is going to be a program that I'm going to sell licenses to. Um, and then I do a lot of speaking. So that's, you know, these are all kind of different revenue buckets, if you will. And so I see myself in the future um, doing more speaking, less advising, um, probably mentoring. And I have a couple of family members that might be interested in coming in and learning the business and taking it over for me. So we'll see where that goes. You know, I thought that I thought this was my next act. Well, it is my next act, uh, but it would be great if I could pass the torch sometime to somebody. So I, I think about that all the time. You know, a lot of people think when you're a consultant, you know, there's no way you're going to be able to sell your practice, but there is a way. And so, you know, having the recurring revenue model, I think is one of the ways to be able to do that. I forgot to ask you, why did you pick the mid-market lower end of the spectrum versus the SMBs or the larger market? Like what really boiled down to like, is that your expertise? Like, did you feel more comfortable working with those kind of individuals? Like how did you refine it to that bucket? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Well, the, not that I don't want to work or help with the smaller companies, the smaller companies need it um, greatly, but they generally can't afford to hire me. Um, which is one of the reasons why I'm doing, you know, things like speaking and writing books and doing online courses because it helps that market. They still get the information that they need. They're not necessarily getting the consulting, but they're getting what they need to, to get things going. So that's the purpose of those things. And so the lower middle market is a place where business owners can afford to hire me. They need me because they don't necessarily have the people on staff that do a lot of the work that I do which when you're getting into, you know, upper middle market companies, they have a lot of those internal, you know, leadership directors and managers and, and people like that, that report to the owner. And so they're not that exit planning isn't necessary at that point, because it does, it definitely is. But when the company's that large, then you should almost bring in a team from the outside to help with the transition. And so it's, it, that would be a scope of work that would be beyond what I can do. And I could hire. Um, I've thought about it. People have asked me, are you going to hire and, and put a bench together? And my answer has been so far, it's been no, because the work that I do is so specialized and finding someone who actually wants to do this work and is good at it, they're already doing it themselves, Right. And anybody who did come to work for me and was on my bench um, is on my bench because they can't do it themselves. So then, therefore, I'm not sure that I want them. Does that make sense? Um, so could I scale if I had a bench? Sure. Um, but right now, I'm good with the way things are with me and my one employee. That's amazing. I, I think it all depends on what you want, right? You're starting totally. And, this and is I'm not getting any younger, you know. I'm, I did all that all those years, managed all those people. And I need to keep it fun. And I, I know what about, about myself that I'm not a good manager, okay? There's a difference between good, being a good leader and a good manager. I'm a leader. I'm not a manager. And it's great self-awareness, right? Understanding what makes you happy, what you enjoy doing, who you want to serve, and how big or small you want to have your company. But it's this journey 
of learning all the aspects of running a business. That's always exciting because it's a never ending journey of trial and error. (laughs) And there's no right way or wrong way. It's, you know, try to evolve. How do you get better, make less mistakes, build more systems, process, all that other stuff. So I'm glad that you're on the show, Julie. Is there anything that I missed or how's the best way uh, people can reach out to you if they have any questions? We can share it on the show notes as well. Yeah, I think um, maybe one of the best ways to reach me would be to go to poisedforexit.com. Um, that I have a key strategies website as well. That's my consulting website, but they're, they're both in, uh, interconnected and, and, and just kind of save the time and having to spell that out. I would go to poisedforexit.com because you can you know, find out more about me there, um, find out about the book, learn about the podcast show that I have, um, you know, kind of see some of the work I do, and then it'll take you to the other website too, if you want to do that. Um, the other thing that I would just say for anyone out there who is a business owner or is aspiring to become a business owner, you got to have a plan. You've got to have a plan. And, and it's important if you have some people on the outside who can help you, some advisors, um, an advisory board even, because there's so much to know about running a business. And a lot of people will start a business because they're really good at something, okay? And so they're more of a technician than they are business savvy many times, which is why so many businesses fail. They fail because people start a business because they want to hang their own shingle and do their own thing, but they really don't understand the business side of the business. They just know how to do something really good. And, and that's good but then you need to be with other people, maybe a partner or someone who does have the business savvy so that together you can really make it be something. So have a plan and then hire and work with people that have skills different than your own. Great advice, Julie. Thanks a lot uh, for being on the show. Uh, great insight, great value you brought to the audience members. Um, we're going to share those show notes with all the links that you just provided. Awesome. And- Again, I'm honored, always grateful to have a great guest on the show. So thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks for having me, John. It was really a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to The Business Sphere and share this episode. Tune in next week for more interviews from entrepreneurs.